episode 191, Mentor or Ministry? This is the Ericast for the week of June 10, 2012. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. Well, thanks again for listening to the Aircast. I'm your host, Eric Larson, 206-339-3742, that listener feedback line. Catching up toward the end of a week here, because we just got back in from Duluth, which uh, is sort of our big family extravaganza vacation. Uh, we usually go up for just a couple nights, and uh, the girls like throwing rocks in the lake. And This time we went up the North Shore, so they were able to throw rocks in the lake at Split Rock Lighthouse, and were able to throw rocks in the lake at Two Harbors, Minnesota. I didn't let them throw any rocks in the lake at Gooseberry Falls because it's like a waterfalls. And if you mess around with the falls, like above the falls, A, it's not the lake. So that's not where you throw the rocks in. And B, if you fall off, it's like a 35-foot fall to the rocks below. And that'd be bad. But the throwing rocks in the lake theme kind of continued for them. And they had a great time. Uh, fun was had by all. So I came back uh, one day of work, Wednesday, and then time off again to kind of catch up and kind of see how things are going. So I'm in that kind of balance of a little scattered, but getting some stuff done, including a podcast. So here we are. So thank you for for firing up that MP3 player and taking a listen. So last week, something struck me, and I'm I'm actively kind of processing this through. So I, I'm trusting you guys to to call in, share some thoughts, tweet them at me, whatever, and let me know what you think about this. So, the deal is, in fact, I'm going to have to grab this website and, and, and fill you in some previous context. Many years ago, I was given a, a tip or an insight or something from uh, Larry Crabb and Dan Allender uh, in the book Encouragement, The Key to Caring. They've said it other places. Uh, this is kind of the... the the root of that. So if you want to, if you want to look up Encouragement, the Key to Caring by Larry Crabb and Dan Allender. This is the, the, the source of that insight I had about goals versus desires. And that you should never confuse the two of them. Pursue goals, pray for desires, never confuse the two. Here's a slightly broader context of that. This is all just background. This is not today's topic, but you kind of need to know that. And this, for me, maybe you guys kind of like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But I always had that struggle knowing about goal setting. I think we all know that from a business context. Goals are things that you control, blah, blah, blah. But it was always sort of put into this, if it's not a goal, then it doesn't belong there. Get rid of it. It should be gone. But there are lots of things that were really good. So, yeah, I understand it's not a goal. I understand it doesn't meet that criteria, but I can't just flush it because it it's still a valuable thing. So, um, quoting from a, a review of the book, which I'll put out in the show notes, the book says, A goal may be defined as a purpose to which a person is unalterably committed. He assumes unconditional responsibility for a goal, and it can be achieved if he is willing to work at it. A desire may be defined as something wanted that cannot be obtained without the cooperation of another person. It is an objective for which a person can assume no responsibility because it is beyond his control. Reaching a desire must never become the motivating purpose behind behavior because then a person is assuming responsibility for something he cannot fulfill on his own. Goals are objectives toward which we should work. Desires are objectives for which we should pray. 
Um, if you're not a Christian, I suppose the pray thing, or at least if not a person of faith, um, the pray thing might be kind of odd, but at least uh, for me, that gives me kind of a bucket to drop it into. It's like, okay, desires are good, that's fine, not something that you can actively work toward, but don't just get rid of them. You can actively pray for that. That works for me and my brain to be able to sort these things out. That whole psychology thing of your brain can't really act on a negative. You know, don't do whatever. Don't think of a purple elephant. Ah, purple elephant. There it is. You know, so don't focus on this desire to have world peace. Well, okay, but now I'm thinking about world peace, and what do I do with that? It's not a goal. Get rid of it. Well, who wants to just get rid of world peace as a good thing? But if you put it in the desire bucket and pray for it, you can actively do something toward it. Okay? So there's that background. So I've been thinking of criticism lately. And this has a a, a thousand different contexts. Uh, It came up most recently because apparently there was some Facebook thing among some subset of my friends. Maybe you're one of them. I don't know. That got people going on homeschooling. I mean, I was homeschooled from my junior high years on. So I have opinions on homeschooling. They're sort of loosely held opinions because my opinion is that children are different and families are different and it sort of depends on what works for you. But the very fact that I have that opinion means that I immediately come into conflict with with people who say, well, here's the one right way to do it and if you don't do it that way, then you must hate me and I therefore hate you. And all of a sudden, wait, 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 which is why I don't get involved in that particular conversation. But other conversations in my life, different people have, you know, you all know what your issue is, or issues, as the case may be, if it's, if it's mine, where people just, just come after you with, with whatever. And, again, if you haven't noticed, this is going to have a theological theme, but I think it's okay. Uh, we Christians have an interesting pressure, because Paul writes in Romans twelve eighteen. if you want to go look it up, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Hmm. Well, if you take that seriously, now I've got an additional problem because on top of the fact that I have X number of my friends or family who hate me because of my position on homeschooling or whatever it is, I now have the command to try to live at peace with everyone. And while I would like to just say, well, if it is possible as far as it depends on you, it doesn't depend on me here, so I'll just flush that and they don't... They don't like me. I'm done with them. And off they go. Again, that's hard for me. Maybe you guys don't have a problem with this. That's hard for me because I don't have a a bucket to drop that kind of relationship into. I can't just say, oh, well, moving on. I actually do know. I've, I've got some friends that say, well, you just have to let that go. Okay. I intellectually acknowledge that letting go of that would be the right thing to do. But how do I actually do that? So I have this suggestion popped into into mind, and I want to see what you think about that. So say that someone has criticized, attacked, whatever, some thing you've done, belief you have, position you have, whatever, at some sort of you know you have some sort of problematic personal non-peace situation. This isn't this isn't the you know, I'm upset you backed over my cat when you pulled out of my driveway kind of thing. But, I mean, someone doesn't like you because of some sort of issue or opinion or belief or something. That level of of dis-ease in the relationship, okay? Well, in 
Galatians, book of Galatians, there's a list of what's called the fruits of the Spirit. And you guys have probably heard this, even if you didn't know that's where it came from. Galatians 5, and 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay? Now, normally, when you encounter something like that, in any sort of environment, uh, I would say particularly in the Bible, the first thing to do is not start looking at the speck in your brother's eye and ignore the log in your own. And you're not supposed to run around and say, I think you lack patience. You lack patience. No, you really should kind of look at your own your own patience, your own kindness, your own gentleness or self-control. I think that that 99 times out of 100, this is supposed to all be used as as a reflective thing so that you can become a better person, you can be in right relationship with God. I think that's really what, what the point is. That having been said, if someone chooses to speak into your life for some reason, I think you're a terrible person for sending your children to public school. Or, I can't believe that you think that Barack Obama was actually born in America. Or, I can't believe that you think that Mitt Romney could possibly do anything but run this country into the ground. Or, you know, whatever it is. Okay? Take your pick. We've got hundreds of, of possible issues where people get ornery. So they've already... You know, chosen to exercise their character in your life somewhere by by criticizing, or sometimes it rises to the level of an attack. I would say, take a moment, and as impartially as you can, I know it's difficult, but as impartially as you can, line up their character against those fruits of the Spirit. And say, okay... This person has criticized me. This person claims I'm doing this wrong thing. This person has has this has a beef with me. Either in this particular case, or in general, as as people, as much as I know him or her, whatever, you know, does this person represent love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? And sometimes they will. Sometimes you look and you say, okay, that's, wow, I, Gary's a nice guy and I respect Gary and Gary's got a good family and Gary has done good things and whenever I've heard Gary speaking about issues, um, he seems to have his head screwed on pretty straight and seems to be following biblical standards as best he can and um, has this good reputation. I've never seen him act out of anger. Uh, he he seems to be a kind person in the behavior that, that he's exhibited. And he thinks that I spoke too harshly to my daughter. Well, I'm going to, to then treat him in this as... That's a made-up example, by the way. Uh, though I do know a Gary who's really cool. I'm going to treat him then as a, as a mentor to me and try to, try to repair that relationship. I'm going to try, to try to pursue some sort of reconciliation if there's been a rift there. Because he is the kind of person, if his character lines up in that way, that I want to learn from. 
And maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe I haven't done anything wrong, but we have this difference of opinion. And frankly, he has this good character and seems to be living out these fruits of the Spirit or whatever you would prefer to call them. So I think that would be a good thing for for me to to learn from. I'd like to find out, okay, so we differ on on our position here. and, And by this standard that I've been given... As best as I can can discern, he seems to be uh, a good person I should listen to. Therefore, I'm I'm going to pursue that. Try to reconcile. Do the peacemaking thing. Learn from him. Mentor is our M word. There's an alliteration coming. Okay. Now, so far, so so good, right? And the shortcut, if I were running out of time which after last week I set a new bar, so this week's going to be about 90 minutes. No, kidding. Uh, You just kind of stop there and say, and if he doesn't measure up to that, then ignore him. Then let it go. Then don't bother. You know, whatever. And again, that just doesn't quite seem right to me. So maybe this is the wrong word, but I think it kind of works at what I'm getting at. And in some ways, it sounds, I mean, if you really want to choose to take it wrong, it sounds really horrible and condescending. On the other hand, I think it's, it's, it would be equally horrible, horrible and condescending to say, then I'm just going to ignore him. Then I'm just going to move on with my life. Well, is that not also dismissive? <laughs> Hello. So I don't think, it, I don't think this alternative is, is um, I don't think you can fault it for being too, um, too self-centered, um, too arrogant, because all the other alternatives are, are just as bad. This at least has a constructive side to it. So say that you look at at Fred's life. I don't know any Fred's. Um, do I? I'm thinking hard to know if I... Well, if you're a Fred and you're a listener, let me know. So, Fred says, Man, I can't believe you talk to your daughter that way. And you look at that and you, and you realize, well, wait a minute. Fred has an open reputation as just being really mean. And has said, I don't have any patience for my kids. Um, and is known as unreliable and prone to fits of rage. Okay? There you go. All right. Okay. This is not somebody that I want to treat as a mentor of how I should lead a Christian life or treat my kids or whatever standard you want out there. Um, not, not very wise. So what do we do with that? Well, what if we then treat our relationship with Fred as a, a ministry? And, and I know it's like, oh, great. So, you know, poor Fred is some guy that you know needs your help, la-di-da. Well, I mean, is it any better to say, I'm too good for Fred, I'm going to ignore him? And I mean, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't say much. So, I don't think it's any worse than our alternative positions when we have a rift in some sort of relationship. Um, this notion of, okay, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone... You don't want to say, well, let me find the silver lining in what Fred said, and oh, I guess I'm a really horrible person too, so we can be horrible together. No, uh, you don't. You don't have to to obliterate yourself or your own standards to uh, to try and engage in that relationship. But if you think of, okay, Fred's probably a hurting person. Hurt people hurt people. Remember that. Fred has issues that he might need help with. Um, maybe Fred, given the life that he's leading, might have some insight that I could learn from. But I'm not going to to 
work to pursue and dig that out, possibly to the own detriment of my mental stability or my family or 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 my wisdom or discernment by trying to really bond with somebody who is not exhibiting the standard that we've been given of the fruits of the spirit. This is not a good person to to be in in close ties or fellowship with and pattern my life after. Doesn't have to be a bad thing. And the ministry the ministry concept is interesting because there are tons of great charities out there. There are tons of good ministries to engage in. And you don't engage in all of them. You don't. Um, you don't do Operation Christmas Child and Operation Smile and Compassion International and, you know, locally here, Feed by Starving Children and, 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 and. I mean, eventually you stop. The poor you'll always have with you. As Jesus said, eventually you say, those are great ministries. I don't have anything against uh, the MS-150 bike-a-thon, fighting multiple sclerosis, great cause, hope the disease is cured. Um, unless I have friends who are, are biking in it, I don't give to that one. And maybe that will be one that you will choose to speak into my life and say, Eric, you're a horrible person for not giving to that. And then I will look at your character and see how it lines up with the fruits of the Spirit. And then I'll make an evaluation on that and decide, okay, is this somebody that I'm going to listen to and realize maybe I really should give? Or maybe I'll just say, well, nope, I don't. Sorry that you've chosen to break all ties with me because of that. You kind of see how this works? Um, point being that there are lots of things around me that have a need and are are good and would be good to engage with, but I can't engage in all of them. I don't have a moral obligation to engage in every possible good thing that that is available to me right now. If I were morally obliged to actively engage in every possible ministry or charity, if you prefer. I just can't. There aren't enough hours in the day. So that then gives me the 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 category to, to put people relationships challenges into where if you just look at that, you do an honest assessment and you say I can't I can't look at your life as a whole and say you are a person of such character that I should model my life after you and and fight hard to pursue a reconciled relationship with you over this issue or in general or whatever. If you can find someone that's like, wow, this person is is just great and they're upset with me about something, blowing them off would be kind of dumb. Um, you really should look and say, okay, wow, if my assessment of them is correct, and sure seems to be, then something is really wrong here and I've got to work hard to figure that out and try to repair this relationship. If you look and you say, well, I know you're upset with me, but... By golly, you just sure seem to be upset with a whole lot of people over a whole lot of things. Then I don't need to just completely flush any con- concept of having a relationship with you. Not at all. And I, I would, I would like to, and it, as far as it could be constructive. But there's only so far that I'm obliged to really fight hard after 
that reconciliation, to really, really pursue that. Um, pursue goals, pray for desires. Pursue mentors and pray for the ministries in your life. Engage where you can, but you don't have to. As long as you're engaging somewhere, not every relationship is one that you need to go out and fix. Does that make sense? So, um, I don't know if it's deeper than usual, but it's an interesting sort of uh, swing on the Aircast topics, but I would love to know what you think. So thank you for listening to the long monologue, but uh, I'm glad I kind of processed that through. I'm still actively thinking about it, so I'd love to know what you guys think. If you're willing to be a little bit vulnerable, um, you can always I'll call in and say, I don't want to use the call or whatever. Uh, that's fine. But but give me some feedback on that. Um, maybe there's a, a book author topic or something where you can tell me, oh, yeah, you should read this other book by Larry Crabb, and boom, I'll, I'll be set. Don't know. But let me know what you think, 206-339-3742. And until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com. <laughs>